0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. This is an act
1: of sheer evil. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered, not just killed, slaughtered in Israel. Among them, at least 14 American citizens killed.
0: 14, who wants to bet the number is higher? I mean, if you look at college campuses all across the country, they're hoping the number is higher. They don't care that Americans are dead. They blame Israel for what has happened. And they're stunned that they're getting backlash. This generation of hateful children who think that being called the wrong pronoun is the worst thing that ever happened and makes you a Nazi... Somehow, when looking at the barbarism of Hamas and the murder of children, the decapitation of babies, the kidnapping of the elderly, they say, well, you got to understand. We need to understand how colleges have failed and how college presidents should not be looked at with respect, but with derision for allowing the failure Now, it might not be true of all college presidents. You may find a president here and a president there who's had a good fight, who has stood for something, who has explained to these students that, my gosh, you don't get to shout people down when they're speaking. You don't know everything. But the administrations and the professors who have encouraged this type of thinking, that 18-year-olds believe they know everything, that somehow... The idea of Israel's existence is a non-starter? My God, colleges. You should give the money back. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833, 468, 8669, 833, got Tony. You've got a series of things happening today. You have got the continued war in Israel and there is now fighting going on from Hezbollah in the north. Rockets have been sent from Israel because attacks came from Hezbollah in Lebanon. You have got continued fighting in the south uh, on Gaza where you do not yet have the ground offensive. But one would assume that it is coming and that right soon. You also have the vote for Speaker of the House. That has not yet started. Keeping an eye on what's going on there. I thought we were going to see this live and in person like we did the last time. Republicans want to have a closed-door meeting, but you still got to bring it to the floor of the House in order to get this done. I don't see where this is. I'm looking for where this 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 is going to be happening. I'm checking out C-SPAN. I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. A delay? Uh, you can't delay the, the, the choice for speaker. Can't be done. You have to get this done. But let us hold off on the speaker conversation and let's get back to the Israel conversation. As a matter of an update, You have flights that have been suspended inside, into, and out of Israel. You have got the setup for a ground invasion of Gaza. People discussing the fears of a humanitarian disaster. It's already a humanitarian disaster. You have people trying to get into Egypt because they know they can't stay because the people who live in Gaza know that Hamas has led to their destruction. Gaza, right now, in areas, looks like Stalingrad. I encourage you, go look at pictures of Stalingrad. We're talking about 1942. Russian forces, the Nazis. Remember, Russia was on the side of the, uh, of, of, of the Allied. Uh, and this uh, uh, was 2 million people killed, killed, or 2 million killed or injured. An absolutely brutal offensive. The photos of Stalingrad is what many areas of Gaza now look like. One wonders how do you engage a ground offensive in that area? Where you have just bombed out buildings, rubble everywhere. How are you going to move across that? Lord only knows what booby traps are underneath, what problems lie underneath. And in those bombed out buildings, you still might have enough structure to put in a sniper or two or 180. This is a bad Bad scene. Never mind that when you're talking about dealing with Hamas, a terrorist organization supported by Iran and uh, by Rashida Tlaib, you have to go door to door. This is very, very difficult stuff that the Israelis have ahead of them. We should also be clear that the Israelis have no choice. The Israelis have to do this. They made the statement. That this isn't, you know, rounds with 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 Hamas. This isn't just a flare-up. This is war. You have a thousand people who are dead at the hands of Hamas terrorists. It is massive for a nation with the population of Israel. It's beyond comprehension when they refer to it as uh, their their nine eleven. When they refer to it as As they're Pearl Harbor, they're not joking.
2: We were struck Saturday by an attack whose savagery I can say we have not seen since the Holocaust. I mean, we had hundreds massacred, families wiped out in their beds and their homes, women brutally raped and murdered, over a 100 kidnapped, including children. They're even worse than ISIS.
0: Yeah. As, same as ISIS, worse than ISIS, call them Nazis. I, I, I find that calling them Nazis, it's not that you, you don't have an inaccuracy regarding history, it's that the terminology might prevent people from having an understanding, and I me, I'm very focused on people understanding that there is no equivocation. Hamas is the enemy and free and thinking people. They are terrorists, supported by Iran and the Iranian regime, not the people who are terrorists and support terrorists, and, and you have to win israel's in a position of have to win and it's a weird thing to say that they put themselves there Uh, but i say it this way you took a look at the attack and you said okay we're done here this is it this is there there is no way to look at this and go all right guys calm down that's what people like Anthony Blinken wanted when he uh, decided to echo the Turks that we need a cease fire. The same Turks, by the way, where you have one of their education officials sending out a tweet to Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, that, and I'm quoting, one day they will shoot you too, you will die. You might want to rethink Turkey and NATO, but first you might want to take back the hardware. Turkey's got a very large military, and it's a NATO military. You may want to put some pressure on, on Turkey to have this guy removed from his job. The United States has a role to play. Right now they have sent the USS Gerald Ford and those accompanying ships, those destroyers, They're also considering sending the Dwight D. Eisenhower and its ships, the destroyers, the cruisers, into the Mediterranean. They are right now uh, in Norfolk, set to uh, set sail uh, this week. As a Navy spokesperson discussed it, it's all part of the standard plan. Uh, Nothing is is new for us. Well, I think that uh, being positioned in the Mediterranean might indeed be something that is new. Two aircraft carriers. This, of course, uh, to remind Iran, we're right here. Because Iran, if they could see a two-front war existing in Israel, where you see uh, from uh, the south uh, the things happening in Gaza and from the north things happening in Hezbollah via Lebanon, maybe you see an opportunity. And then you start engaging in a drone attack. Now you have Israel responding to that and you see other nations like Russia and China saying, hey, wait a second here. Then you try and destabilize those nations that are working with Israel uh, via the Abraham Accords. Certainly you've destabilized the ability for Israel and Saudi Arabia to create a deal. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. The question of whether or not the United States is in this war is a legitimate one, and it is different than the conversation about Ukraine and Russia. I support, without question, the sending of um, arms to Ukraine. I want them to fight the Russians. I want it to happen there, and I want it to happen with the Ukrainians at the helm. I'm not saying Ukraine's a are- great nation or great leadership? Not at all. But I understand that you don't want Russia on the doorstep of NATO making my life more difficult and your life more difficult as if Turkey isn't doing that job already. When it comes to Israel, while I have stated uh, off the bat that I believe that we should be providing Israel with help, I didn't say we should have boots on the ground. But one can legitimately ask the question, well, what about hostages? What about hostages? You have, I don't know how many Americans who were killed, but you also have the possibility that Americans were taken hostage. This is Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin.
2: And the Department of Defense stands fully ready to deploy additional assets if necessary. As President Biden has said, for any country, for any organization, for anyone thinking about trying to take advantage of the agony in Israel, to try to widen this conflict or to try to spill more blood, we have just one word. Don't. Additional U.S. military aid to Israel started flowing in yesterday, including key munitions. And we'll be providing more uh, Iron Dome interceptors so that Israel can protect its citizens and cities. And we'll continue to ensure that Israel has what it needs to keep itself and its citizens safe. Like any other country, Israel has the right to defend itself. As the president says, Israel has a duty to defend itself.
0: Well, I wholeheartedly agree with that. The question, though, is where's the United States in this? I'm not looking for something. I'm not searching for something. I'm asking a question. The question is to you because my answer to the question might be different than your answer to the question, but our answer to the question will very much decide what we do. If you have Americans being held hostage, are you going to put boots on the ground to get them out? Well, Tony, do we do that in other places? Not necessarily, but maybe we felt we, if we felt we needed to. Maybe as a show of, you can't mess with our people. We don't care who you are. I don't have a good answer for you. Right now, I would stick with my original thesis. It does not take U.S. troops on the ground, and I don't actually want to see it. This is about Israelis handling the business. They know the area better. They know the region better. But you got to understand how long it's been since they've been in Gaza. 2005. It's 18 years for those of us playing the home game. So when people scream, Gaza's just an open-air prison, blame Hamas. Blame those terrorist bastards. Blame those murderous sons of you-know-whats. You know, the ones who behead babies. The ones who burn people alive in their cars. The ones who shoot up music festivals. Blame them for your open-air prison. You're gonna sit in the United States in all this, all its glory, and scream, oh, those terrible Jews keeping the Palestinians in an open-air prison. Stop celebrating Hamas, you freaks. You want a better life for the Palestinians, quote-unquote. Why in the world would you want it at the hands of Hamas? Which is a whole other series of conversations. Look at the people celebrating on college campuses, the whole Black Lives Matter crew. Oh, dear Lord, the people who supported Black Lives Matter. Damn, you look dumb. How did you not know that these people were Jew-haters? These people wanted Israel's destruction how did you not know because you didn't want to because you thought it was more important to look good than to be alive you didn't know it would come back on you you thought you were immune okay all right I I, I can I can explain this to you I'll do that in a little bit but could you imagine wanting to, these people to live under the lives the under the thumb under the brutality of Hamas? That you would cheer dead Israelis burned alive. And then you scream open air prison. Blame Hamas. Hamas is guilty. They don't have any humanity. All they want is destruction. And it turns out on our college campuses right here in the United States, they've got a lot of agreement. So while Israel now faces a multi-front war, so do we our southern border, our college campuses, our culture, and in our Congress. We've got a lot of work to do. And for a lot of people, they didn't know that they were wrong. For me, I'm not interested, and I told you so, I'm interested in what you do now. Because what you do now could quite literally change the course of the world. And with all of that, Republicans still don't have a Speaker of the House. We got a lot to get to. This is Tony Katz today. Joe Biden is focused on the important things. Now, I'm going to go over his speech yesterday, which could have been seen as strong if it hadn't taken three days to be delivered but he is avoiding the bigger problem. He might say that the United States is firmly behind Israel, but his party isn't. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. No, instead, Joe Biden today is talking about junk fees, hidden fees, he's, he's super duper Biden angry
1: about it. And among many important things it does, it finally gives Medicare the ability to negotiate lower prescription drug prices like they can do in the vet- with Veterans Affairs like they do now. That's not all. And by the way, that not only saves the consumer, it
0: reduces
1: the federal budget.
0: Because I, I, for, First, we got, we got a whisper, and the whisper is super creepy. But what did this man just say? By the way, that not only
1: saves the consumer.
0: It reduces the federal budget. It reduces the federal budget to to have price fixing? Because guess
1: what? We don't have to pay that money out, taxpayers' money, to reward these companies for
0: overcharging. So you're saying that you're going to use the money now to pay down debt and you're going to uh, start reducing spending? How in the world does it reduce the budget? If you keep spending... How does it reduce the budget? Oh, well, we don't have to spend it on this. You tell me you're not going to spend it on something else? We're going to use that money in the savings of prescription drug prices to pay down debt? Okay, at least you can get people to pay attention. Although I I am never going to be somebody who is in favor of price fixing from the federal government, which is what this is. Which is what this is. What a maddening, maddening statement.
1: Some everybody forgets it's over well over a billion dollars anyway. I won't get into how much it saved, but I'm, I've kept you sitting too long. But
0: is that because it's not much at all? And it's not going to reduce the, the deficit or, or the budget one bit. See, seniors on
1: Medicare are now paying as much as four hundred dollars a month for insulin. Well, now they're just going to pay thirty-five
0: dollars a month. Yes, and less and less people are going to make insulin. So you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. There'll be less people making insulin because there's less money to make on it. What do you have to say about that, Joe Biden? And
1: we're also sending
0: new guidance to
1: every federal agency on how they can promote real competition in their work. You know, <clears throat> and as we uh, take these actions, I continue to call on Congress to pass what my friends in the front row here mostly support: junk fee, the junk fee,
0: pre- pre- the junk fee prevention act. Hard to say. No, no, it's not. Now, sure, someone could get tongue-tied on it saying the Junk Fee Protection Act. Someone could get tongue-tied talking about junk fees and how the fees are junk in the Junk Fee Protection Act. I clearly see how somebody could absolutely get themselves tongue-tied. It's just Joe does it all the time. It's so pedestrian by this point. This is Tony Katz today. I found that story about the former CIA director wanting uh, Tommy Tuberville dead to be uh, something else. But there are a lot of stories today that are something else. You're talking about the general, Michael Hayden, who responding to a tweet that Tuberville should be removed from his committee for putting a hold on military promotions. Hayden responded by saying, how about the human race, Tony Katz? Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-468-8669. 833, got Tony. Hayden then can't believe there's an uproar about it. I mean, you called for a, a senator to be dead. Tuberville has contacted the Capitol Police about the threat. He states, I was surprised to wake up this morning and discover that many MAGA nuts, MAGA nuts, that's, uh, that's, that that's, what, original? I don't know, maybe, had lost their mind over my suggestion that Coach Tuberville not be considered a member of the human race. I stand by that view. I'm wishing you all a nice day, even the intransigent Tommy Tuberville. Dude, Dude, you 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 didn't say don't consider him. You you said kill him. You said he shouldn't be a member of the human race. That's how Hamas sees uh Israelis. And yes, certainly if you want to talk about dehumanizing, you're going to hear people discuss uh Israel and uh, from Israel discuss Hamas as uh as human animals. Well, they've got a thousand people murdered and children beheaded. Maybe they have an argument uh Hayden does not but that he's acting all tough guy about it you don't want this from your generals you want to actually think of them as tough guys i mean that's what you want you don't want to think of them like this petty and cheap and garbage and and incapable of handling their own emotions it's you don't want it at all not handling not being able to handle your own emotions that's what you you know that's how you think of college students and I'm going to break this down in every which way, to see Larry Summers, Lawrence Summers, who served in that Clinton administration in nearly 50 years of Harvard affiliation, I have never been as disillusioned and alienated as I am today because you had students saying that, oh, look, uh, I- I- Israel deserved this. This is happening in a lot of places. And Lawrence Summers, Secretary of the Treasury for President Clinton, he can't believe that it's happening. He can't believe that there's no real response, or at least when when he wrote this at the time, from Harvard. And there wasn't really been a response. Finally, the Harvard president said, this is wrong and I denounce it. NYU students did this. The NYU law students thinking that they're intellectuals, you want to hire one of these people? You're nuts. You're crazy. NYU law students signing this this letter saying that, my gosh, this this is all Israel's fault. Israel makes this happen. And then the woman who leads NYU law She had a job offer. She had a job offer from a pretty big firm. The firm is called Winston and Strawn. And they put out a statement regarding uh, the student, Rena Workman, that's her name, president of the New York University Student Bar Association, Today, Winston and Strawn learned that a former summer associate published certain inflammatory comments regarding Hamas's recent terrorist attack on Israel and distributed it to the NYU Student Bar Association. These recent comments are profoundly in conflict with Winston and Strawn's values as a firm. Accordingly, the firm has rescinded the law student's offer of employment. What did she write? Israel bears full responsibility for this tremendous loss of life. This regime of state-sanctioned violence created the conditions that made resistance necessary. I will not condemn Palestinian resistance. They cut the heads off of babies. So we're not talking about Palestinian resistance. We're talking about the terrorist organization Hamas. She blames Israel. Now, maybe they should have known you don't give this terrible person a job. But this is just an example of what's being graduated out of our universities. Just one of many, many examples of what's being graduated out. And now, CEOs are like, can we get a list of everybody who supported that please? And people are like, oh no, oh no, no, no. Not everybody in these groups support that letter. You belong to the group. Leave the group. Announce that, that you're leaving the group. Announce that you're walking away. What is most, I, I think, important in this is, is that uh, the, these people who have these children, these rather ignorant children who have been allowed through the college system. Uh, First, let us discuss how it exposes the problems with college. And college presidents should be listening to what I'm saying very carefully. Man, did you screw this up. Man, did you screw this up so bad. You allowed into your university terrible people, Garbage students, based on nonsense theories and philosophies of wokeness. You want to know about their struggles. You want to know about their racial views. You hired to color. You 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 took in. You enrolled to color of skin. You did not enroll to character. You didn't. The Harvard students who put out this statement. Harvard, according to Lawrence Summers, being defined by the morally unconscionable statement apparently coming from two dozen student groups blaming all the violence on Israel. I am sickened. I cannot fathom the administration's failure to to disassociate the university and condemn the statement. Lawrence, this wouldn't have happened if Harvard had let in the Asian students who actually had the grades to get into Harvard. What? What? I'm sorry. Is there a problem? Did I say something wrong? Harvard is proven to be bigoted in their admissions process. And I said if they weren't bigoted, they wouldn't have the issue. This is whom they recruited. This is who they wanted. This is who they searched for. This is who they exalted and glorified. And every step of the way, every one of these students was told how good they were and how they were on the side of the righteous, except no one expected for a thousand Jews to be massacred because somehow they didn't think that that would happen. They all wanted to believe that if Israel was just a little bit nicer, if Israel was just a little bit kinder, if Israel just gave up a little bit more, oh yeah it's a bombing but you know it's just a few lives lost oh it's just a just a, a car bomb just a bus bomb. oh you can handle it oh don't be angry Israel no no no. you need to give a proportionate response no no no. you we need to end the circle of violence no you need to you need to stand down you need to 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 take a chill pill is what you need to do Israel and then these people and yes by the way many of them Jews liberal Jews who? What's it like being that today? I will. I will get into that. I promise. I'll even write it down. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going I'm gonna write it down right here on my level board. Liberal Jews. Oh, I'm covering everybody today. Daddy is coming with fire uh, in this conversation. By the way, I am Daddy. Somehow liberal Jews never expected that when you raised and and perpetuated and lofted up on high little revolutionaries, when they see the absolute barbarism of Hamas, that they would go, huh. You think they cared? You couldn't believe that they, they were saying this. You couldn't believe they were fine with the torture and the rape and the beheadings and the murder. How could you how could you think it was anything but everything your universities did pushed this moment not just you Harvard all of you colleges you're guilty now that's a broad brush You'll find pockets and areas, whether you want to talk about uh, the University of Chicago statement regarding free speech, whether you want to talk about things that have happened specifically with, with uh, uh, university presidents or deans on, on specific campi, um you, 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 you can find things. But in the main, when you take a look at what is happening on college campuses and the celebration of the death, you did this, Colleges. You said, hey, students, come on in. You're right, and we're terrible. You know what's best, and we're all fools. Just make sure your parents, your schmuck parents, keep paying us. Oh, no, no, just fill out this form, and we'll get you money from the government so somebody else's schmuck parents can keep paying us. You're amazed by what happened. Guys, you're the only ones. You who run the college campuses, you're the only people who are amazed. Now the question is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? What's your plan? What comes next? What changes? And specifically when I talk about Harvard, if you had just taken in the students who had the qualifications and not taken in students based on a checkbox, I think you'd have less of this. You gathered, you incubated the hateful, and then you're amazed that they're hateful. That's, Insane. Meanwhile, the death toll is now up to 22. Americans dead in Israel being reported at 22. And also, do we have a speaker of the house? That story is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. <laughs> Here today, I spoke with Logan Raddick of Newsmax, their national correspondent. He's been also covering everything on the Hill. As the speaker race heats up, where do we think things are? How do we think things are going to go and who has the hot hand? Logan, you, you're, you're following, of course, the speaker vote. You're following, of course, what's going on in Israel and congressional response. Uh Your take on whether the uh, attack from Hamas in Israel has changed how quickly the speaker vote is going to go.
3: I think that it definitely will have an impact on it. But it's not just because one of uh, the U.S.'s top allies was brutally attacked by this terrorist group. There are a couple of factors at play that make this a little bit different from other terrorist attacks you've seen in Israel. I mean, number one, at least 14 dead Americans. You have countless Americans being held hostage right now. I talked to some high-ranking members of Congress. They don't know how many hostages we currently have. There are also 17 countries, at least, that have had people kidnapped or killed. Um, so there is going to be a somewhat of a response from the free world. We'll see it at some point. Uh, but Congress is definitely racing to have a new speaker because of the situation. It's really come down to Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. Uh, they had the Meet the Candidate Forum last night. We're expecting the vote on the speaker today. So um, I I think that they were going to try to make this a quick process regardless, because even before this attack in Israel, you see what's going on with the border uh, and you see what is really just happening all over the country with so many key issues. So I think they're going to come to a, a speaker decision by the end of the week. And from what I'm hearing, it seems like Jim Jordan might have a bit of the upper hand over Steve Scalise.
0: Now, you just said end of the week, it was Representative Kat Kamek of Florida who said in in, in any other situation outside of the attack on Israel, uh, it would take 30 days to figure out who the speaker is. You are are getting the sense from the House, uh, from your sources, that even with just two candidates, this might take multiple votes?
3: It could take multiple votes, and it really depends on how many people do not want to support one candidate or the other. Uh, There are some people who were talking about having McCarthy put his hat back in the ring. Obviously McCarthy has said he does not want to run for speaker again. They might be more inclined for Steve Scalise. Uh, But you have people like Ralph Norman uh, from South Carolina. He likes both of the candidates, Scalise and Jordan. He's worried about Steve Scalise's health at the moment. Steve Scalise is currently battling blood cancer. So that is another factor that is currently at play here. Obviously, President Trump has endorsed Jim Jordan. Uh, so again, I believe Jim Jordan has the upper hand, but if Steve Scalise is to be the guy who is uh, put up by the Republicans to be the speaker and become speaker, uh, Dan Muser, he's a Republican from Pennsylvania. He's talked about having Jim Jordan take Scalise's role as majority leader. So again, uh, no matter what happens with this, Scalise and Jordan are going to be the top two Republicans in Congress. Um, But again, it does look like Jordan has the upper hand for a number of reasons, the Trump endorsement being one, and then the fact that Scalise is battling cancer. There are people who do support Scalise, but they're worried about his health and handling that really, really difficult role as Speaker of the House.
0: Talking to Logan Raddick of Newsmax, you can follow him uh, on uh, social media, on the Twitter X at Logan underscore Raddick. R-A-T-I-C-K. Let's bring in the Matt Gates conversation. Of course, it was the gang of eight uh, that worked with Democrats to remove uh, then Speaker McCarthy. Some rumors that McCarthy saying, look, if I can if I can help the party, I'd be speaker again. Where is Gates, Mace and company on the Scalise versus Jordan battle?
3: Well, it looks like that group is leaning more towards Jim Jordan, but what Matt Gates has said in particular, again, he's the one who triggered the motion to vacate for Speaker McCarthy. He said that he will support Scalise or Jordan, but the thing that Gates says he wants is single-subject spending bills. So instead of putting a lot of things into an omnibus and voting on it and not really knowing what you're voting on, Gates says he wants single-subject spending bills so that members – um, are taking up one vote at a time and really having an opportunity to see what they're voting for. Again, um, you know, we'll see how this all plays out. But it, it looks like Gates is open to either uh, Scalise or Jordan as speaker.
0: Now, that was my conversation with Logan Raddock of Newsmax earlier today. Just breaking now that Republicans have finished their conference. And it's Steve Scalise who's going to get the nod. We might see a vote for day today, four speaker, one and done. What in the world happened in that meeting? Because I would have assumed the heavy hands was with Jordan as well. That's where all the conversation was and the inside track conversation for sure. Scalise, a guy who was the right hand to McCarthy? I don't know. What was the point of getting rid of McCarthy? And I like Steve Scalise. We will follow this. This is Tony Katz today.